This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Coming up on today's show, MetaQuest isn't giving up on VR, yet another Star Wars game has been announced, and special guest Mod Garrett is here. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I am one of your hosts, Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hello. Hi, Britt. I like this lumberjack, brawny paper towel vibe you have going on. Oh, shit. Thank you. I'm literally... <laughs> Literally, that's hilarious, by the way. Um, I literally am in my pajamas. I have not changed since this morning, but that's okay. MeUndies, ladies and gentlemen. You can be the brawny that's lumberjack, right. jackress, jackress, jack, jack, feminine. Jackress. Jackress. I like it. Thank you. I like yes, that. MeUndies.com slash WGG for 15% off your first purchase. They're not even a sponsor on this week's show. Uh, Maud Garrett is also here. Welcome, Maud. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm on the show. It's so good to finally have you. I know we've been coordinating for a couple of months, but you are just so busy hosting all of the things. Not only are you one of the co-founders of Geek Bomb, but you are, or the founder, excuse me, but you also host for Nerdist and you were doing some Twitter spaces for Amazon Studios. And I feel like I just can't keep up with all of the things that you are doing these days. I can't either, which is why I have my back. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm literally trying to carry myself through this. Uh, no, it's been pretty good. Um, just Wednesdays are really tough because Wednesday I do I host two different book clubs. I feel like not enough people read, and I love reading. Uh, and Preach. so yeah, Preach. yeah, just trying mm -hmm. to get more people into sort of f fantasy and sci-fi books, and that always happens on a Wednesday. But I remember the first time I was asked to try and be on What's Good Games was 2017 or 18. Wow. <laughs> Wow, we really have been trying for a long time. <laughs> and now it's happening and it's real life and it's great. <laughs> Yay! It was fun talking with you on a Twitter space. Um, yeah, we that I fun. started, what was that, back in December when mm -hmm. we, we, we chatted about the first episode of The Wheel of Time, which was uh, really fun. And then you went on to host some stuff for Amazon. Obviously, people that listen to the show know that I'm also a big fantasy person, love fantasy and sci-fi books. And it's always a bummer to me that because our shows kind of align on the same production days, uh, we don't really um, get to partake in each other's things. But that's okay because, you, like we just talked about, you do a lot of stuff. And I saw you recently working with friend of the show, Trisha Hirschberger, on some stuff as well, some more tech-focused stuff. Yeah, Trisha is so funny. So she, we are both source-fed alumni, but I actually replaced her. So when she moved on to Greener Pastures, I came in to be the next Trisha. It's so funny because it's like we couldn't be more opposite, like I guess physically, if – 
we tried. Um, <laughs> so that was like I had really literally small shoes to fill um, but like a big presence to fill. Um, and it's weird because like we we didn't really work together but I think through sort of like doing VidCon things and having sort of that a history that united us, we ended up becoming friends and now we're almost inseparable and we work together like if not every month, every other month um, doing stuff for GeekBomb and doing stuff on her network and I just rate her so highly. I think she's such good value. She's the best. Oh, yeah. Yes. She's wonderful. She's another one I can't keep track of. I feel like every time I see her on Instagram, she's hosting some amazing event or flying out to do something. It gives me such a vicarious thrill because I feel like that <laughs> used to be my life before, well, the pandemic and before I had a kid. And I'm like, oh, yeah, girl, I'll still get it. I just love it. I just love seeing I haven't been drive. on a plane for a year and a half and I haven't left the country for over three. I have oh a nephew God. I haven't met. Uh, oh no yeah that's weird dang you COVID yeah it's like I'm watching him grow up through a screen uh uh, I just want to pinch his cheeks he's really cute (laughs) yeah I don't know how long that's gonna last not long as somebody who has a small child at home it goes by very quickly (laughs) but I've tried to like really apply logic to this because I'm getting a bit of heat from my family back home but it's like I can't like visas and if I leave the country I can't come back in and then trying to get the visa processed it's a it's a real sort of bag of dicks as I've been saying but mm. um the I've kind of gone they're young and memories don't really start truly forming until around four or five and mm-hmm. so the nephew I haven't met is three so I've got a little bit of time before I can really start you know stepping up go. as the greatest aunt of all time yeah. yeah, absolutely. I like it. Well, now you just have even more time to plan for it to be the best meeting this kid has ever known. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's the chance that I pick him up and I literally hurt my back? <laughs> probably high. Yeah, good. Four-year-olds, four-year-olds aren't small. So uh, do, some, uh, do some Pilates or something before you go. I guess. <laughs> Take some a leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or that or both, you know, do both. Uh, there are quite a few people traveling this weekend, though, because PAX East has returned and is wow. going on right now. And normally Brittany and I would be at the show. But I, at the time of the podcast airing, will be in Las Vegas for a dear friend's wedding. One Rihanna Manuel, oh. uh, one of our co-hosts here at What's Good Games, is getting married this weekend. So we wish her and her fiance, Danny, uh, nothing but the best um, and hope that everybody who's at PAX is staying safe and wearing your mask and washing your hands and having some fun playing Mm. games and stuff another thing covid fuck you covid i should be there in vegas this weekend (laughs) you should be i know it's just so tough not to go down a tangent but i have a lot of immunocompromised folks in my immediate Mm. family that i see on a weekly basis so it's this weird bubble dynamic thing of if i go and i and potentially exposed to anything, and then I can't see certain people for a certain amount of time, and then they can't see. It's a whole fuck situation. Anyway, yes, Ree and Danny, love you both so much. Happy, happy life together. <laughs> we will all be reunited again re-united. one day at reunited at a con. Um, but we have been chatting. For long enough, let's go ahead and dive into the show. Uh, thank you so much to this month's Patreon producers, Chewy's Gatsun, Alex Ogopoulos, Farah Satia, Justin Foshi, Matthew Godair, and Punctified. And welcome to our Patreon community, Jaron Ellum. Don't forget, you can support What's Good Games at patreon.com slash what's good games, where we have a couple different tiers, tiers you can choose from, including getting the show ad-free. 
or you know just skip the ads or don't don't skip the ads no, please they, they help us everybody help. they help us um Brittany, i read a bunch of really nice new reviews that happened this week I mean, you are highlighting a couple people both of which have really interesting names <laughs> i know okay first one thank you <laughs> alien cyber pimp i'm very interested in your line of duty I would like to know what it is exactly you do with your time. But thank you, Alien Cyber Pimp. And thank you, Reverse Gremlin. What is the opposite of a gremlin? I don't know. But apparently that's what you are. Thank you for taking the time to leave us a review. <laughs> Made us feel all warm and fuzzy and all that good shit that we mention every week. Hearts and love. Aw, yeah. Let's dive into the news. First up. Yet another Star Wars game is in development, probably surprising nobody. Everybody feels like they want to make a Star Wars game. But this one, I think, is catching the attention of a lot of people as potentially one to keep an eye out for because of who is behind it, and that is Amy Hennig of Uncharted fame. Yeah. So this write-up comes from IGN. Skydance Media announced this week that Amy Hennig is working on a brand new game set in the Star Wars universe. Little is known about the new project, save that it will be a richly cinematic action-adventure game featuring an original story set in the Star Wars galaxy. Mm. So I think that's probably the most intriguing part that it's an original story that is not going to probably follow any of the other storylines. Obviously, there'll be some overlap, I would guess. We might see some familiar faces, but what do you think, ladies, of, of Skydance and Amy Henning kind of at the helm of a Star Wars game? I like the combo. I think that out of all the Star Wars games out there, and I've played, you know, my fair share from, you know, TIE Fighter back in the day um, to the latest that I actually didn't like as much. I thought it was a bit clunky. Um, what was that last Jedi game that we just got? That was like an original character with like an original story as well by EA. Are you talking? Oh, you're talking about Jedi Fallen Order? Yeah. Oh, okay. so you didn't like it? it? Didn't like it. <gasps> no, I, I loved that game. Oh, no. Oh, no. But, you know, do you remember the news about <laughs> six or so years ago where they were working on a Boba Fett game and it was supposed to be sort of like a first person? Star Wars 1313. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm still kind of waiting for that. And I know they put, like, oh, enough work that's never in come, that. That's never coming and back. And they bailed <laughs> and they dangled that carrot. But they also said that they're going to remaster KOTOR, which I'm stoked on because that's one of the greatest games of all time, easily top five, maybe Definitely top 10. Um, but Uncharted, the series are really great. Amy has nailed the action-adventure genre as a whole. I'd be interested to know what this original story is. They Star Wars as a franchise is moving into the High Republic territory, and I know that they've released a bunch of books, which are all canon now, and it's kind of... I, I don't know, Mandalorian seems to be doing a lot better because it's in an era that we understand with ca supporting characters that we know and love. So to kind of completely abandon that timeline and try a new one, are they going to make this game in that time to kind of really punch up the next phase that they're going into? That's something that I would really want to know. Oh, I'm just smiling, nodding, ladies, because I don't know fucking <laughs> shit. About, no. So here's my stand spot on, on Star Wars is the movies, I mean, they're entertaining enough, but I don't care enough to actually like pay attention and learn the lore of it and what's canon, what's not read the books. But what I learned with Jedi Fallen Order is that I really enjoy Star Wars video games. That's the first one I've actually truly like sat down and played. And I also really enjoyed that one. So for me, you put a name like Emmy Hennig on there. One, like that's almost an insta-sell. And two, the fact that it's a completely original game. It was that was that was the was that the language that was used? 
Mm-hmm. Okay, original, an original yeah. story. Original story, richly cinematic action adventure. Like all of that speaks to me directly because I think it's I'm somewhat intimidated to try to hop into the Star Wars universe because like you just dropped a whole bunch of fancy words mod and I just was like, huh? Like what's what's this High Republic? <laughs> no, but seriously, so that's why um, I'm I'm really stoked about this and you know all this stuff that went down with Ragtag and it's kind of like with Jade Raven. I just want Amy to thrive. Make the fucking game that you want to make for the do, love of God. You know what I mean? Just do it. Yeah. Hopefully do, now she absolutely. can. Absolutely. Do you want a little insight into the High Republic? I can like I can absolutely spoon feed you so it will make total sense. So you know like the Skywalker saga and that era. We are talking a couple of hundred years earlier. So the Skywalker saga, there was few Jedi, like one Sith, they implemented like the rule of two. So like the Sith kind of like really died out in a way. So a couple of hundred years before that, it was quite a few Jedi and quite a few Sith. And so they're kind of like, there's more of like, you know, the the way that I describe it, you know, the opening sequence to the X-Men 90s cartoon? Where like You've both already sides, lost me, baby girl. You've both lost. sides come together. She she doesn't know what the Sith are, probably. Do you know X-Men? No, very casually, yes, casually. I'm a nerd when it comes to it's, certain things. Otherwise, I'm just like, oh, my God, what's an X-Man? And this is one of those things. It's okay, Maude. <laughs> I know. See, that's a lightsaber. See, I know that. And it's red. That means you're a bad guy. Oh, you got the pistol, too. It's Han Solo's blast. It's a blaster. I'm sorry. I didn't use the right terminology, everybody. Mod is like, why did I agree to come on the show? I know. Again? There was a reason. I mean, There's a reason I've been avoiding you since 2018. This is a, we had to build okay. up our fake nerd cred, Andrea. It's a type failed. of disappointment that, like, This was know, our just... test. This was our test. Oh, and we my gosh. It. Listen, I consider myself to be like medium knowledgeable about Star Wars, but I also have never read the books. It's been on my like to-do list, but I still have to go back and reread The Wheel of Time before I can actually like commit to Star Wars. Um, I've got I've got other stuff going on, but I appreciate that you are here, Maude, because we had someone write in. Uh, Nova wrote in and says, Howdy, Brit Rhea, still workshopping, <laughs> and Marvelous Maude. First, I will not be shocked if this ends up being a longer pod with Maude being in the same room as you two. I could see a solid 30 minutes of just laughter. Well, we were close. Uh, Given Ragtag was Amy Hennig's previous project with EA, and I doubt they would let them take the story or assets for that project, do you think this new game is going to be like a spiritual replacement of that game or possibly some other past canceled cough, Star Wars 13 cough? (laughs) What did I say? Right? Exactly. Especially because it was an action adventure kind of thing. Um, I wonder if they kind of are using the blueprint of those ideas because they definitely worked on it enough time but it got the scrap um oh i mean the problem as yeah. well though if the idea and the uh the blueprint of that was five six years ago we have come already in that time so far in terms mm-hmm. of what we're able to do that it's just like i don't know is it even applicable story though story does last forever but even five six years ago the high republic was a expanded universe idea yeah well i also mm-hmm. think that if she was developing something with specific narrative underneath EA that EA would probably have to retain the rights to that. So Could I just actually we'll have see. a quick word to EA? Is that all right? Do you mind if I just... Sure. Yeah. You, want, yeah. you know what, Mon? You go Give right ahead. Give her a full ahead. screen. There we go. EA, if you even think or contemplate about putting any kind of microtransaction in this motherfucking game, I guarantee, I promise you, I nay, I, with the essence of my being, 
will turn full dark side. And you underestimate the power of that dark side. Just drop and abandon microtransactions is all I'm saying. You ruined Star Wars Battlefront 2 because of that. The game bombed because you couldn't help but getting your little grubby hands on those microtransactions. That's not what gaming's about. You know, we already bought the game. What else do you want? That's all I'm done. <laughs> Ooh, bring in the heat. Well, Skydance is going to be the one who is producing this game now, if they're going to be self-publishing, is yet to be seen. Uh, if they're going to partner with somebody, we don't know. I would imagine that they would self-publish, but we will uh, just have to wait and see. Uh, speaking of other big corporations that have <laughs> evil plans. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I will say, Jedi Fallen Order did not have any microtransactions. Sure. It was it was a really wonderful, lovely game. Do you know what it was? Uh, which, Do you know what it was? It what, was there what? was a... Quarter second delay from a stormtrooper shooting at me and me being able to deflect with my lightsaber. And that quarter second delay, like it just the timing was slightly off for someone like hmm. me who has lightning reflexes, I guess is the problem. Like maybe I'm just too good. <laughs> I'm not sure. Like borderline actual Jedi over here. But there's just a frustrating thing where you're doing a basic move and you end up dying several times because you just haven't got like the timing of it down. So yeah, my ego was fractured for that game and I abandoned it. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know what? At least you're honest about it. You know, that's, that's very admirable, Maud. Thank you very much. I applaud yeah. you. Absolutely. Appreciate that. You were a big woman today. You did it. Good job. All right. Let's move on to the next story before things get too heated talking Star Wars. So Meta, which I still, it's hard for me to Mm. call Facebook Meta. It's just weird. It's fucking Facebook. You don't pay Meta. Um, Meta Meta Quest VR had a showcase. Also, that's a mouthful. Meta Quest VR. Previously, Oculus. Oculus Quest. Um, they had a bunch of VR games that they debuted and and showed, and I have a list of them here. I'm gonna pull up a couple because we don't need to go over absolutely everything in this list. That is, um, it's just it's too many games. So, Maud, I'll let you pick first. Which one of the games on the list would you? like to see or discuss? Uh, I think the first one, Ghostbusters VR, would be a more interesting game to tackle in a VR landscape, I think. Like actually kind of having the headset on but then putting your, um, what is it, propulsion pack? What is it called? Ah, God, I'm losing all my nerd cred right now. I think that that could be a lot of fun in a VR sense. Your proton pack. Proton pack, thank you. Um, I just wouldn't want it to go into horror because VR horror I will run away from, kicking and screaming. If it was like more of like a Luigi's Mansion kind of vibe, Mm, I'd be down. Except the squirting noise from Luigi's Mansion I still haven't gotten over. Wait, there's a squirting noise? Well, when you turn Luigi, like he has gooigi. He turns oh. into like goo. Yeah, but yeah, the gooigi. noise that it would make to become gooigi was just, I don't know, I clutched my pearls a little bit, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. Amazing. I, lo- I played that game. I loved it, but I don't remember that. But now I'm I'll try and I'll try and trick your memory back into it. Hold on. Um <laughs> No. Wow. That's not it. That was fun. No, you, you legit like jogged it. Okay, yeah, the, the sploogy sound it makes sense. Sploogy. Gooigi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But he's sploogy. 
Spluigi? Oh, Spluigi. <laughs> it was just right there the whole time. <laughs> oh it's a children's game, and I'm just here, like, furiously blushing. <laughs> anyway, sorry. And now everybody's going to keep that sound with them all day long. <laughs> anyway, there's another one, Walking Dead game. No one cares. Does someone care? Yes. Actually, that's not how, fair. Does someone care? How tragic is it, though, what happened to The Walking Dead? I think they just made so much content and just crammed it so quickly that people were like, no, no, I don't want any more, please. This stop. cash cow <laughs> is just powdered milk at the moment. Like They have just <laughs> milked it to the point that there's just nothing left. It's dead. It's dead, this cow. It's not, though. It's not. It's laying there going, please end my life, please. I'm in agony. And they're like, no. We'll get something from it. Oh, man. Oh. I absolutely think that there are people who are interested in this game. Otherwise, I don't think that they would be making it. I think that VR would work well. The other Walking Dead experience, because um, this isn't the first one, I don't think. I can't keep track um, of them, honestly, at this point. I liked the Telltale one, but that's the last one mm -hmm. I ever dabbled in. Yeah, that one was... Oh, as far as like actual vi like, like video games in the Walking Dead universe? I, I just I opted out a while ago. Also, what is this trailer? Is just like a slow pan out? Yeah, that's sure what it looks like. It's not very. It's, uh, just, a, it's just like one shot. It makes me want like a new pan. Bioshock game, though. That's what it's doing to me. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, we should hopefully be getting one of those sometime in the not too distant future. Hmm. Oh. oh, here we go. Here's some gameplay. Oh, here we go. Well, it looks pretty good. Yeah, I've always thought these games look good. I just, for some reason, never got around to the first Saints and Sinners. But, you know, maybe that's just on me for not having a... a play. Why do you have the original Oculus Quest? Yeah, I think it Bert, looks This fun. feels like it would be right up your alley. Oh, I know, girl. Listen, so much shit is right up my alley right now, but I'm just staring at it. <laughs> I'm just like, yo, that looks so fun. But here's a nap instead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, what was the latest zombie game that came out last year, like Left for Dead? Is that what it was? Oh, you're thinking of Dying Light 2? Mm. Came out earlier this year. Back for no. Blood. Back for Blood. Yeah. Mm. Yep. That also came out. Yeah. I didn't I didn't like that game. Why didn't you like it? Um, I get really scared. And, ah. <laughs> um, even though I was playing multiplayer, I think I had to, you know, you did it's like the equivalent of having a really, really big night out and you get drunk and then you almost have to like apologize for your behavior the next day. It was kind of like that playing the game where it's like I screamed so much and I was just like <laughs> so scared for my life playing it with other people that I had to like apologize. Wow. Um, I wrecked their stream. I wrecked my stream. <laughs> I wrecked eardrums. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess you're probably not really interested in the Resident Evil 4 mercenaries mode then. I'm so glad that's your thing. I'm so <laughs> glad that's your thing. And I love that it's your thing. I, I, no, thank you. I'll have Star Wars. Yes. You do Resident Evil. Yeah. By our powers combined, we will literally cover half of gaming. That's fantastic. Exactly. Yeah, so I like this. This is why we're a good team here. So yeah, Power unit. Is, <laughs> yeah. So this is the mercenaries mode. And admittedly, this is not a mode that I like to dabble in. It's essentially, you know, how many of the Ganados can you kill in the time limit and how far can you get, blah, blah, blah. Wesker was a bit creepy. 
Wesker is really fucking creepy. He, yeah. Uh, Check yeah, his he, hard drive. He he's not he's not a good guy, you know. Some people oh, okay. think he has a, a daddy aura about him, but to me, I think he just has a I'm gonna fucking murder you in your, in your sleep aura about him. But mm. hey, to each to each their own. But you know, I did hear that. Oh my god, that big head mode. I'm sorry, I can't take big head mode seriously in any game unless it's NBA Jam. I just can't do it. Anyway, um, yeah, I've actually heard that Mercenaries is really it's it's fun. Not Mercenaries, sorry. Resident Evil Four in VR is really good. I still have not played it because you know I'm just a fake gamer. Mm. Only oh, I knew it. Fos- <laughs> yeah, who falsely claims to like Resident Evil? Uh, but I've heard it's actually. I bet you're doing it for the money. <laughs> oh, I'm totally doing it for the money. Look how fucking rich I am recording the show in my pajamas. Like that's how rich I fucking like. I'm loaded. That's my so favorite funny. argument. You're doing it for clout. You're doing it for money. And I'm like, if I was gonna fake anything to make money, I would have chosen sports. <laughs> like. <laughs> Ain't no money like honestly. What we do. Amen to that. Yeah. Like that's the thing to fake it till you make it. Uh, yeah, but yeah. anywho, Resident Evil, I love it. But I guess I don't because I'm a fake gamer girl. But anywho, yeah, I do want to still play it in VR because I heard it's really fun. And I heard it actually works really well. But um, you know, I'll just wait for that supposed Resident Evil Four remake that's not in VR. Because did you play Resident Evil Seven in VR? Yeah, no, I didn't play the whole thing. I played a few of the demos, and then I played, like, the first half of it, I think. Was it the first half? No, I didn't get out of the fucking house. Oh, hold up. Oh, no, 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 I bitched out. The first, like, few hours of Resident Evil 7, I think, are the scariest part of that entire game. And, of course, that's the first stuff you experience when you're playing in VR. I pulled a mod. I bitched out. I was like, no, no, I'm not doing this anymore. (laughs) Again, huge of you to admit that. This is a safe space. We are here to protect you. Thank you, Maude. Yeah. Uh, no. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. Oh, we're having a time. But what about you, Andrea? What one of these twists your panties in a good way? Um, well, there's a couple. So there's two. So the one that kind of stood out to me, of course, as somebody who really loved the original is uh, Moss Book 2. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we got to see, which is awesome. So Moss being the game about the adorable little mouse named Quill and is created by a team called Polyarc, who we worked a lot with here at What's Good Games in our first in second year. Um, They were a longtime sponsor of ours, which was awesome. And this game in VR, I really liked because it felt really innovative and unique the way that they did the level design and the teleportation and just really the kind of camera perspective and camera work that they did in the um, animation of this game made it so that I didn't actually feel like I was getting sick because a lot of Mm -hmm. VR games make me feel really nauseous and it's really hard for me to play VR and I actually haven't played for quite some time um, because of that reason so I'm if all the games that I think that I would risk (laughs) nausea for this would probably be the one (laughs) knowing that the the first one didn't make me sick and then another game that I haven't played in a while that I really enjoyed playing for quite some time that would maybe be fun in VR of course is Among Us Oh man! and this to me seems like a game that could definitely benefit from shenanigans in (laughs) in virtual reality they are when they're just walking. I actually wish you'd be able to control the hands on that. I think that that would be a really nice adaptation for the VR. Like if you had your controllers and you were able to move sort of like their hands and gesticulate as your character instead of just like being a thumb with the divot in it at the bottom. (laughs) I wonder if they have hands that come up for like the mini games that you have Mm. to do. 
Go pink, by the know. way. Having... Pink with a flower in it. That's my jam. I love all the little hats and stuff. It's been a while since I've played Among Us. I feel like Among Us's popularity was the, you know, the perfect storm of timing where we were all locked down and we couldn't do anything and Zoom parties took off. But then anything that had a multiplayer aspect in it that was successful. <laughs> oh, no, you got boned, my man. Um, <laughs> they did really, really well. But I just wonder if this is a game that can keep evolving and adapting to a current time or you know, if it's going to run its course, that's what's going to be interesting. Well, I think this game is definitely going to have to evolve. So we saw a hand there. Mm. Um, So I think what's interesting to me is I would be curious to know kind of what um, Inner Sloth had originally intended for Among Us 2 because they scrapped Among Us 2 to focus on updates and new content for Among Us. Like once they kind of hit a velocity on Steam and on Twitch, really people streaming it, they kind of came out and said, hey, we're kind of shelving our intentions with Among Us 2 yeah. and are just going to focus all of our energy and development on you know, making Among Us the thing that you guys know and love better and to get more content updates and things like that, which I think was a really smart call, but it's only going to last for so long, right? Because, you know, people, I think even now it's definitely like not nearly as popular as it used to be, but is still so accessible as a game. So I'll be curious, like maybe what was on the production pipeline for stuff for the second game, Mm. if it was just new maps or if it was new mechanics, and what else they had in the works. But yeah, Among Us VR. So if you want to, you know, murder your friends in virtual reality. <laughs> That's why I did so well. Now you can. Now you can. Um, there was quite a few other games. I'm just going to run through them really quickly. Um, we got to look at NFL Pro Era. We got to look at Red Matter 2, Aspire 2, Runes, Magus, uh, Cities VR, which had already, already been previously announced. Beat Saber, of course, um, has the electronic mixtape, which is a... Uh, a DLC pack that they announced, and then Bone Lab, which is really kind of what's Bone Lab sounding? about? So, yeah, like, it says escaping execution. You'll find yourself in a mysterious underground lab. Uncover the truth about your reality. Fight, run, and climb as you explore an exquisitely detailed combat simulation. Ooh. So let me see if I can pull up so the... So exquisitely detailed combat simulation. Like, I don't want to get too fucking exquisitely detailed if I'm playing something in VR. Keep it simple, please. Same. Especially when it's I, I need the Uncanny Valley to make it to, yeah. to ground me. This is where every object reacts the way you'd exactly expect. Bone Lab promises to deliver a new story, mod support, plus two years of innovation and interaction engine progress when it launches later this year. Okay. Well, we're watching it right now. YouTube.com slash What's Good Games. Dark Cavern. Dead. I almost said Dead Skeleton. Well, no shit, Sherlock. Um, <laughs> holding a torch, walking down what looks like a mine Mind shaft? Who can see? Yeah, it's kind of got like a mashup of styles. Like at first I thought it was maybe more high fantasy, but it definitely is a modern, mm-hmm. modern game. Um, you're in some kind Ugh. of, yeah, Ugh. some kind of a cave. Now you're on an escalator. Oh, see, that's, that's where I think I'd get fucked up, looking down while on an escalator in VR. But oh. I'll have to see. Oh, and falling. Oh, God. I mean, I think it looks good. I mean, it, here's what I've always said this with VR. I think we're getting to a point now where I'm when it first was launched and announced, like all of the headsets, I got every single headset. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, oh, immerse me, blah. And now, it, but it was just like <laughs> it didn't it didn't do it for me. The tech was way too early. But now, as mm. it's progressing and we're seeing, you know, Sony's next VR headset only require one cord, and we have the wireless Quest, and then seeing this kind of footage where it's starting to look more like a actual 
don't flame me for this video game and not like a tech demo. I think that's getting me all sorts of hot and bothered in a good way. But um, yeah, I just it's the nausea thing that I think once the tech catches up with that and makes it easier to get not feel uh, like you're going to hurl, you know. I've said it before. Mm-hmm. I'll say it again. VR is a stepping stone to AR. And VR is probably going to take 10 years to be able to seamlessly transition to AR. But for me, this isn't something that I'm going to invest in because I just think it's like the prototype for what we're actually going to eventually get into when it comes to gaming. Mm. Interesting. All in on Magic Leap, I guess. Yeah. Magic Leap. I'm patient. I'm happy to wait. Oh, it was that the pad? It's an AR. Yeah, oh. no, it was an AR headset okay, that raised a boatload of money and they put out some games but we haven't really heard a lot from Magic Leap lately and I think it's because um, they're doing more private enterprise stuff Mm. and not necessarily consumer focused things because that's where the real money is my real my (laughs) mind goes to Leap Pad which is like that children's brand right that makes yeah 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 so Magic Leap okay okay that's a bad bad choice for a name hire better people I feel like yeah I feel like somebody just invested in them um oh it was last fall there was a story that came out seven years after raising 542 million at a two billion dollar valuation magic leap has raised another 500 million at a 200 billion or two billion evaluation wow i mean that's a that's a magic leap a lot of literally a lot of money that they have raised (gasps) oh boy um so it'd be interesting to see who's Clearly, somebody's investing their money because they know something that we don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, Isn't so. that it? <laughs> I'm sure they'll reemerge from their like their secret bunker that they're in with something really cool at some point. Mm. <laughs> Probably military related. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that'd be my guess. That kind of money usually wow. like reeks of government contracts. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. Because why not take it from the taxpayers? All right, don't get me started. Um, Aw, Britt, you put something in for me. I did. This little story comes from Video Game Chronicle, and it's called Portal Rider Says He Wants to Start Portal 3 Because, quote, he's not getting any younger. So I know how much you love the Portal game, so I thought this could just be something kind of fun to talk about for a little bit. So, Aw, yes. Yeah, so speaking on the Kiwi Talks podcast, Eric Wolpaw, who co-wrote Portal and Portal 2, as well as Psychonauts, Half-Life 2, Episode 1, and 2, Left 4 Dead, and Half-Life Alex, ended the show by stating... We've got to start Portal 3. That's my message to to whoever. He added, I'm not getting any younger. We are reaching the point where it's crazy to think that we're literally going to be too old to work on Portal 3, so we should just do it. When asked if he'd like to make a third game, he replied, oh yeah, I'd love to. I would work on another Portal in a second, but I can't make it happen by myself. The host then suggested that Portal 3 would nevertheless be profitable for Valve, to which Wolpaw agreed. Hey, you're preaching to the choir here. You'd make some money. The problem is... You would make money, but what kind of money would you make? Are you going to make Counter-Strike Go money? Probably not. But having said that, maybe every game doesn't need to make Counter-Strike Go money. You know, Gabe, if you're listening. He smiled. Ooh, okay. Mm -hmm. Some spice on the end there. I absolutely love that he just came out and said, I want to make this. Let's make it. I'm getting old. I don't want to, like, write this game, you know, know, from my deathbed. I agree. Portal 3 is long overdue, would be an amazing game. It's just like all the other stuff in Valve's portfolio, right? Like Left 4 Dead 3, Half-Life 3. It's 
Valve is just not the the publisher that they used to be, mm. right? And it is frustrating that a lot of game companies are foregoing smaller art projects or even games that are successful. I mean, listen, selling a couple million copies is still making pretty good money. Um, I don't actually know how much the Portal franchise has sold, but I, I imagine it's done very well because those games are very good. Portal 2 being one of my top 10 best games ever mm -hmm. created. Mm -hmm. Another masterpiece game, and there's so few of them out there. Um, it's just frustrating that it feels like an easy win, especially since they could make it in VR too. Mm -hmm. There you go. Put it on... You know, put it on Vive, put it on all the consoles, on PC, just put it everywhere. It'd be a great game. 100%. There is, Eric's right. There's no reason why this shouldn't be getting made. Uh, and the reason why Portal 2 is a, like a masterpiece is because like I actually recently replayed the entire game with Trisha and the game holds up. Not only just in like the puzzle kind of like playthrough elements, but but storytelling, writing, graphics like even now it still holds up uh, and there's so many things that don't in the last 10 years for semi-obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. But this science is so cool. Another thing as well which is super frustrating with Valve is that I broke a story back in 2014 interviewing J.J. Abrams and he actually confessed that he had the rights to Portal and Half-Life to make movies. And he was going to make a Portal movie and he was going to make a Half-Life movie. And I remember on the carpet, everyone's like, I don't understand. And I, all the color drained from my face. And I'm like, do I have an exclusive? This bastard <laughs> wants to make a Portal movie and a Half-Life movie. And he was kind of like, yeah, I've got the rights. I just kind of like, you know, it should happen. We could do this. And I don't know who's saying no or can't be bothered, but they are sitting on a goldmine of great, great properties. And we could see it get expanded over different genres and mediums. So we could get a Portal 3 and a Portal movie. Like, over. Valve, get your shit together. Even Eric's over it. Amen. Amen. As Brittany's holding oh. up her her preach her preach hand. And the rights to the, the, yeah, so the rights to those don't last too long. So usually it's about you get a five or ten year deal with it. And if nothing gets made from it, then you relinquish the the rights to it. Uh, there's such so hopefully that doesn't happen. JJ having games. the rights is exciting. There's, no, there's nothing out there like it. You know, we see a lot of games like is it Crossfire X? I, maybe not. Maybe I made that up. No, I made that up. There's another game out there recently where it's an online battle royale and you do like the portals and shit. Jason was playing it for a bit and I was watching him play it. It's I think Devolver published it. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Oh, I, you know I know exactly about? what you're talking about. Let me yeah. Let me see if I can get the name There's of it. There's just nothing like it out there. And I still think about that game. And it still makes me laugh when I think of like, oh, hi, how are you? Because I'm a potato. Like that line always gets me. Splitgate. Splitgate, thank you. And uh, I think, I don't know how many people are going back to play in Portal or Portal 2 who've never played them before. I don't know how, because I remember when I first, you know, started in this industry, I had never played Portal, but all of my people who I followed on Twitter were talking about it. It was like the hotness. It was like, you aren't a real gamer if you haven't played Portal or at least know like the, um, what's the song, the famous song called that's in that um well, GLaDOS's Nightmare yeah. Tune. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, and so, like, I would just listen to it and play it, and I just loved it so much. And I'm like, now I get it. Now I understand why this is one of those games that I feel like you have to play. Not to be considered gamer. That shit's stupid. No gatekeeping here. But it's definitely one of those right. experiences that I think everyone should have. And I don't know if, like, those games are so popular, if, like, the new crowd is even playing those. So I feel like, you know, 
make they a new should. portal. They should. But they're ti- like Maud said, they're they timeless yeah. and they absolutely hold up. And there are such an there's such an approachable game because the the there's minimal combat. It's almost all puzzle and traversal based, so you can take your time. There's not these constraints of you know like pressure that you get in so many mm-hmm. of the PvP experiences that are really popular. And I think the comedy writing is some of the best that video games yes. has ever seen. And it's just such a joy to play those games, and they just feel so approachable. Mm. In like games like that, just don't really get made anymore. And that's I'm not a science travesty, girl, and I love this game. <laughs> I, I don't know who the, who wouldn't like or appreciate this game. It's, it's like honestly for everyone. Everyone can get something from it, mm-hmm. except a third game. I would even take a remake, honestly. Like, take give me a remake if you don't want to make a new one. I would prefer Portal Three, but. I would take a, like a, a good remake. Redo the orange box. Come on. Is that kind of refreshing yeah. though? No. Because I feel like we were just talking about Walking Dead where it's like, just churn them out until it's dust. Like, is it kind of nice that we are left wanting something? Is it almost like... Not for this long. Yeah. yeah. 10 years. 10 years since the last game. It's, oh. I know. It's it's so sad. Um, and I looked it up and it looks like the sales of the franchise as reported in 2012 were over 8 million. Uh, so I think it's like 4 million for Portal, 4 million for Portal 2, uh, which is nothing to shake a stick yeah. at. I would have thought it was higher than that. And maybe it is obviously now. It's 10 years yeah. later. <laughs> I'm sure they still sold a bunch of copies since then. But yeah, well, we'll put it out into the universe for you, Eric, that we want Portal yes, 3 to happen we as well. your petition. Yes. Yeah, link me up. Let's do it. Okay, a couple quick items before we take our break. Xenoblade Chronicles 3's release date has been moved up. What? What a surprise. It hasn't been delayed. Instead, it's coming out sooner. Originally scheduled for September, Nintendo has announced that its new release date will be July 29th. This never happens. So something... I think I've only recall it happening like twice in my entire yeah. time covering video games where a release date was moved up. This is exciting. Nintendo. That's because Xenoblade Chronicles really needs to put more effort into the graphics, but they don't. <laughs> Ooh, Mod just coming with the hot takes Sorry. today. I remember I tried to get into it on the um, Nintendo Wii and apparently it was like such a good game. The story was amazing. But, like, it felt like I was playing it on a previous-gen uh, PlayStation mm. and I just couldn't, like, and I know that's hard because Nintendo just went, we're not here for graphics, we're here for amazing gameplay. Um, but when you oh. make a game that looks like it could be a PlayStation or Xbox oh. or a PC game, it was just so hard to Don't kind of. Don't get me started. Yeah. Don't get me going. No, I, I'm like, I, them's fighting words. My, Watch out. No, no, I got my my whiskey here because I agree with Mod. I might have to take a swig depending on how heated I get. No, I'm with you. I'm playing Rune Factory 5 right now on my Switch. Also could run on last gen or even the gen before yeah. that and it's laggy the frames they're not about f- frames we're about experiences oh cool outdated opinion grandma great fuck i know that pokemon arcade got a lot of slack for not having sort of like the best graphics that it looked like 2017's breath of the triggered. wild okay yeah right and it's just like we just <laughs> and she's drinking and this is why we're friends <laughs> um yeah it's just like if, if i don't like that I am affected as a gamer when I'm distracted by dated graphics. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've Britt knows that I've had this stance for a long time that I appreciate and love Nintendo, of course. You know, I grew up on Nintendo games. Still to this day, I love Nintendo games. It's just frustrating that 
you know, the the industry is doing so much as far as innovation in photogrammetry and animation, engineering, rigging, all of it. And it feels like yeah. those games just keep looking the same. Because yeah. they have some of the best experiences on their platform. I 100% back that up. And I will fight for that opinion till the day I die. But yeah, it's just this... I don't know. It's hard when you go from an Xbox Series X or a PlayStation 5 to go to the Switch game, a Switch game, right? And you're just like, "Come on." Like, you know, it's not like they're they're sitting on like 5 bucks in their bank account. There's just Yeah. It, yeah, but anywho, I know there's going to be people in the comments like, "Nintendo's special. They can do what they want. It doesn't matter if their graphics suck. Their experiences are part of it." It's like on. sell. Oh. Sell that beautiful mm-hmm. beautiful franchise. Sell that game to a studio that will put it <sighs> through the the rendered graphics that we all are desperate for, you know. But they don't need it's to. not the game; it's the system. Yeah. Can't run. That's those why I'm games. only ever going to play games like Octopath Traveler <laughs> on the Switch, you know. So it's just like I'm not there for the graphics; yeah. I'm there for the story. Mm-hmm. We just need the Switch Pro, Nintendo. Just announce it I'm already. Make a brick call. It's definitely coming out next year, alongside Breath of the Wild too. It has to. There's no, it has to. Feels it right. Has to. Feels I mean, that's right. not like a huge, like, oh my God, call. Like, no shit, Sherlock is probably happening. But I'm putting it out into the universe because I need it. All right. Well, I hope it comes true. Yes. Um, the last two bullet points from Hollywood reporter Aquaman and Dune star Jason Momoa is lining up another tentpole with Warner Brothers. The actor is in final negotiations to star in the studio's live action Minecraft movie. <laughs> the Hollywood reporter has confirmed that the Napoleon Dynamite filmmaker Jared Hess will direct the project. So this is a great example of upgrading your graphics. <laughs> <laughs> so what does a minecraft movie look like i mean besides like besides like minecraft like is he going to get transported into the minecraft universe is it going to be like jumanji like i'm so interested in seeing how this shakes out i will say like jumanji yeah. and free guy are the latest movies that have kind of like used the video game concept and elevated it instead yeah. of like you know previously your assassin's creeds and your um prince of persia's where you're just like oh you just foregoed all story um but I think you're right. Mm-hmm. It has to be in that kind of like tongue in cheek way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, good on them for. I mean, they've made a Angry Birds movie. They made a Tetris movie, didn't they? They made what was the Adam Sandler one? Pac Man was in it. Buh. Oh, I don't remember what that one was called. Ready Player. No, that wasn't it. Uh, no, okay. that's different. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't remember Pixels. what it's called. Pixels. Pixels. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But well, they they can make a script out of anything these days. But yeah. go Jason Momoa. I still stand by that Detective Pikachu is my favorite video game movie so far. Still haven't seen it. Mm. Oh, it's so good, I've Mom. To, I've got to. I'll do it it's today cute. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think you'll enjoy it. It's really, it's fun. And it's got Ryan Reynolds in it. He's great. We like Ryan Reynolds. Mind you, he's just churning out some pretty average Netflix movies time after time after time, isn't he? Getting those paychecks, Dude, he's sitting on a mound of gold. Appreciate that. You (laughs) earned it, my man. (laughs) Uh, This last one is a little weird. Um, According to Bloomberg, Sega is developing big-budget reboots 
of its Dreamcast games, Crazy Taxi and Jet Set Radio, as it taps its back catalog in search of the next global hit like Epic Games' Fortnite, <laughs> according to people familiar with its plans. Spoilers, everybody making video games everywhere. You can't create Fortnite. It's lightning in a bottle. Like, you cannot set out to be like, we need to make the next Fortnite. That's literally not how global phenomenon works. But it's like trying to create, it's like trying to create a viral video. That's just, you, you know, it's not how it, it happens. I will say though, this is, this has Gen X all over it. This smells like Gen X at play here where it's like, the, I can see the meeting and how it went down. You've got your 42 year old yes. CEO who's just like, what are we going to do? <laughs> you know what? My favorite was, I say Sega, sorry, I'm Aussie, but like, you know, what were the Sega games that were just abandoned? Let's bring it back. And all the other Gen Xers immediately got bonus because they were like, yes, that's what I used to play. Let's do it. And they're like, here's stupid money to make it happen. Gen X. Gen X actually is the reason why geeks became, like, geek content became made mainstream again so i actually really do appreciate that generation thank okay. you thank you so except if these... this is a shit game then hmm, i will waggle my finger <laughs> and curse them up and down so these two games are part of sega's it's called over here the super game initiative which they announced a year ago so essentially yeah this is their initiative where they want to try to make games as a service like Fortnite, and that's they want their reoccurring revenue stream. So, like for some reason, they decided to go with Crazy Taxi and Jet Set Radio. I don't know how you would make a Crazy Taxi game into a game as a service. Like that game is so simple. You pick people. They're not eating taxis uh, anymore. Right. The whole concept's redundant. Yeah, it's like you be- pick people up for the for the children in the room who don't know what Crazy Taxi is or slept through the Dreamcast era, which I loved my Dreamcast. Skies of Arcadia, shout out. Um, yeah, you, you, you're a taxi driver. You pick up people and you have to take them to a certain location within a certain amount of time and you get a better ranking depending on when you drop them off. Like that's my memory of Crazy Taxi. Nothing like super, you know. But like, like I feel like the modernized version of that is unmedicated Uber. Like. <laughs> Unmedicated <laughs> Uber. Uh, amazing. amazing. Indeed. Oh, I mean, if they think so, if they I- think Crazy Taxi can get them hundreds of millions of dinero every year, like go on with your bad self. But I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to find a a trailer, and all I'm getting is the Crazy Taxi City Rush, that game that that came out like eight years ago, I mm. think. Um, I was trying to find like one of the old school crazy taxi trailers of oh, this <laughs> there's just so many that are like so 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 old mm-hmm. i'm like oh my Here's goodness here's some more info says this? the crazy taxi game has been in development for over a year and the tokyo-based entertainment group aims to release it within two to three years and it's hoped to make contents and services that can create a large community and as much as 100 mm-hmm. billion in lifetime revenue oh my god see yes look at this oh so crazy <laughs> Oh my god! Just like <laughs> oh my god! You need to calm down there. It's so crazy. Oh man, you know I don't remember these games looking like this. I remember playing Crazy Taxi on Dreamcast and being like, "Yo, this game looks so sick!" Whoa! And now all I see are polygons. I'm actually getting Final Fantasy 15 vibes from that last oh. shot. That's exciting. what? Oh, the- <laughs> oh ouch! <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, man. Well, listen, I think it has the potential to do something cool. Will be be the next Fortnite. <clears throat> I have my doubts. <laughs> Would not be holding my breath if I were them. But um, that's going to do it for our news for this week. When we come back, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. Stick with us. We'll be right back.
everybody. It is the second segment of the What's Good Games podcast, and this is where we talk about what we've been playing at any preview events that we have been to. And Brittany, it looks like you have finally finished the Kaito Oh, girl, files. it took me two and a half weeks to play a 10-hour game. But you know what? <laughs> Here we are. Oh, that's the life. That's the life Yeah, now. I was so surprised by the Kaito Files. So this is, I've talked about it a few times on the show, but um, Lost Judgment's recent story DLC, which features Kaito, who is like a, a supporting character without throughout the Judgment series. And we've never really gotten a good look at him as a character, who he is, what his past was. We never really knew. And because of that, I never was the biggest fan of Kaito. But what this DLC does is it really peels back. Kaito's a big ol' onion. It peels back all the layers on him. And you really get to learn a lot about him and his motivating his motivations for like pretty much anything. And it puts him in a situation where he's very vulnerable. And he grew on me so much to the point, Andrea, that I think I'm now gonna consider him a husbando. And I never would have done that Ooh, before. I mean, okay. that, you know, like I, I would hit it. Like I would 100 percent hit it. I'll read all the raunchy fan fiction. Like I'm into him now. Um <laughs> so, but you know what's so interesting about it is this game, this expansion is purely main story driven. There's no side quest in it, no Yagami in it. Um, there's no side stuff to really do in it except for walk around Kamurocho and find cats and other shit. It's kind of like a his, it's his like his his power. He gets a sixth sense and he can smell shit and find and listen to shit and find cats. It's a thing. Anyway, irrelevant. Um, but there's no of the wacky side stories. There's none of that. And that, to me, at first, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. I feel like this is maybe just, like, something rushed or why, you know, where's all the stuff I'm used to in RGG games and all the Yakuza games? But I got to say, I almost, and maybe, oh, God, this is scary. I think I like this DLC maybe more than the entirety of Lost Judgment itself. And that's so, wow. that's so weird for me to say that. I know I'm like being a big nerd right now. I'm like, oh, I have a new statement to make. But it's it's wild because what I love about these games is how silly their side content is. And I did miss that. But having this game, this DLC be solely focused on just one narrative and on one character in his journey, I was like, fuck, that was really good. And so I don't know, like, I don't know. I don't know how to feel right now with my emotions because I want I always want the, the side missions to continue in these games because they're just priceless but I'm like fuck it was really good without it though so anyway um, if you are contemplating playing this DLC I would highly encourage you to I, I've said it many times on the show I think RGG is just such a talented studio and I think because of the games they've made and published I think they don't have as wide of an audience as other studios do which is understandable not everyone's into a Yakuza story fine whatever you do you I don't agree with you but like hey you do you uh, but yeah I just uh I was just really impressed by it so yeah I just want to give a shout out to the DLC I usually don't do a lot of DLC I you know I, I played Final Fantasy 15's DLC I did Resident Evil 7's DLC but generally when I finish a game and a DLC gets tacked on after I don't go back to it because I feel like I've played the experience like that door has closed but for this I went back and I'm really happy I did so yeah really good you did it i'm glad to hear i'm glad to hear it i mean you have a deep love of this franchise and i think you know it, it feels like the thing that you would take the time to play dlc for so do you think it's changed your opinion on deal other dlcs that you might go back and give them a, a second go around if, that you maybe just skipped maybe, over it depends if it's purely narrative which is why again i went to final fantasy 15 why i went to um what was the game i just mentioned i don't even remember anymore resident evil did you play the frozen wilds in 
I did, but by the time I, by the time I played it, it was already lumped into the game. So mm, I did, gotcha. but it was really good. So yeah, I think so. I think I think it has opened my eyes a little bit more on stuff I could be missing, but I think I'd really have to enjoy the game to go back to it. But anyway, lots of husbandos. I have a new one in my life this week, ladies, and I'm very happy about it. Oh, well, I'm happy that you're Thanks. happy. Um, Mod, it looks like you've been playing a lot of the games that I have Ooh. been playing, except for Pokemon. Um, so which one of these games do you want to talk about first? Um, I think Tiny's T- Tiny Tina's Wonderland is the one I've been playing recently um, the most, just to get a bit of a breather from Elden Ring, because that was just <laughs> a slightly masochistic oh. for me to play. Um, yep. I liked uh, Tiny Tina's because I'm – I'm reasonably okay with that Borderland play style of like looter shooter where there's just so much loot that it's honestly like barely even worth picking up anymore. And half the time, like there's about 48 things happening on the screen at any given time. So I honestly don't know if I'm killing something or if I'm dying (laughs) or if I'm having, um, you know, a borderline seizure slash ADHD attack because there's just a lot going on. But I'm I'm surprisingly okay with that style of gameplay. Um, And I think because I am a massive RP... uh, TTRPGer. So, you know, I've played lots of D&D. I've created my own D&D version of a tabletop game. I really love the elements of bringing in sort of a Borderlands style gameplay and the look and feel of it with this absolute nerdy D&D take. Um, Having Tiny Tina sort of as your dungeon master talking you through this campaign. Um, I have decided to play a Spore Warden or a Sporden as I call it and (laughs) My nice. little sidekick is Mushy, the mushroom that goes in and literally empties his guts in a gaseous sort of explosion. Amazing. Um, which I'm incredibly proud of him every time he does do that. There's Mushies. Uh, but I've been really I've been really enjoying it. I think the dialogue is some of the funniest that I've heard in a video game lately. But I will say I can't really play this game at long periods of time because I just stop talking. Um, and that's not the best when streaming. I will kind of glaze over and it just becomes an, uh, you know, an oh, interesting. I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. You just kind of like drop into the zone. You get like that gamer face Slack and then your... you forget that there's people that are <laughs> watching you. <laughs> I can't do real-time strategy um, streaming anymore. because, And I've actually made an emote in my channel that says in the zone. And I'll kind of glance at the chat and it's just walls <laughs> of this emote. And I kind of like, <laughs> you know, stop drooling. And I'm like, oh, how long has it been since I've said anything? And it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> 42 minutes and it's like oh okay whoa my bad sorry thanks for still being here I guess (laughs) um but yeah I've been I've been enjoying the game I haven't finished it yet but I should soon yeah that's kind of where I'm at with Tiny Tina I it's a great game for me to just turn on and I can play in short bursts um I sadly haven't gotten to team up with people and I think this is the game that would be fun to play so it's got full cross play we should play mod Thursday uh, afternoons if yeah, you're free. I'm a, I'm a spell caster. Great, need a spell caster. I actually think I've got some good spell caster <laughs> armor for you if you need it. Oh that's what friends are for. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean and this game is clearly you know a game meant to be played with yeah. friends and oh, hold on my cat needs to urgently get out. Kitty kitty Aww. I would pick up my fat dog, but it, she's the reason why I hurt my back. <laughs> Literally oh, no. picking up my fat dog. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's sad. <laughs> poor dog. For you. <sighs> she heard her poor halfway through the hike, so I had to carry her the rest of the way. Back done. 
Oh yeah. no! She's, how how big is well, your dog? She's um she's like supposed to be a long haired dachshund cross spaniel. She's like twenty three pounds when okay. she should be eighteen. <laughs> oh mm. yeah, COVID. A little, little roly poly. <laughs> Little roly poly, and it's the okay. vet was like, um, "Your dog is now considered in the over, slightly overweight class." And I was like, "Say that to my face. <laughs> I will, I will take you on if you want to come for my dog." I was like, "I'm so sorry. I just physically threatened you with violence because of that remark." <laughs> but yeah, oh, now no. I get where did that come from? I get from? what it's like Oops, to be a mum. I get it. Like, Lord mm-hmm. help me. <laughs> yeah, someone oh, said that goodness. about our dog too, and. My husband immediately put him on a diet, and now he looks like he's starving all the time. But he's not. He's healthy. He's healthy. The vet's like, oh, he's perfect now. He's great. I'm like, he looks like he needs to eat. Yeah, my dog's the saddest (laughs) they've ever been. (sighs) If I have any kind of food. Putting your pets on diets is so hard because then they just come and look at you like, can I have snacks? I have treats. I'm still hungry. And I'm like, but you are so roly-poly right now. You don't need anything else to eat. And they're like, but why not? You're having a snack. And I was like, don't guilt me about my snacks. No. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. But we love our our furry friends. They're wonderful. Um, We were were talking about video games. Then we got sidetracked by the animals that we love because... Um, one of my kittens was trapped up in the studio and he decided he wanted to leave. <laughs> okay. Um, I do want to hear about your Elden Ring experience. Are you just starting? Are you in the middle? Are you one of the many people in my feed that's like platinumed? No. Where yeah, are you Halfway at? through. Sounds about right. Um, I had an experience sort of early on where I opened up a chest and was transported halfway across the map to this unknown area mm-hmm. where I was completely underleveled. I think I was about level seven and everyone was about 180. Um, and that was, I think I cried. I think I cried <laughs> mm-hmm. because I just couldn't, I couldn't get out. I couldn't kill anything. I couldn't leave. And it was just like, it's like a video game being like, you're a piece of shit. And I'm like, I know, <laughs> but what can we do about it? And that's just not a fun experience. Um, but I have been playing with a friend who, when they play these sorts of games, they get quite addicted. And so then they become super, super high powered and get to pull me along and help me and save my ass. And so that mm-hmm. has been fun. Um, yeah, there are just, I had an experience where, um, when I was playing online, streaming with my friend, the code showed up and, um, some people, I would invite my community in to help me with big boss battles. So much fun. Really great. Love those moments. And then there'd be this one asshole (laughs) that jumped into my game PVP and, They killed my friend, mm, my high-powered bodyguard. They killed them quite quickly. And then they taunted me in my own stream. Um, so I had previously died and so my tens of thousands of runes were left and I was trying to just collect them. And they, um, this unknown person was basically toying with me. They followed me. They would jump in front of me and block me off and they would just kind of like they, they killed me when I was feet just feet away from my my many runes and I dropped so many c-bombs in that stream that I was like boot them or how does that work 
No. No. When it when it's an invader, uh, when you're playing online and an invader is coming to your game, like there's really nothing you can do outside of disconnecting. I should have. You could like turn your com. You could you could turn your console I off. I should have just quit. And just be like I'm, I should have quit the game. And just and just nope out of there. It's kind of a. It's kind of a cheese. I actually don't know how that works with your runes. Can you, do you lose them so when you do I that? Call or it, are they still you die, there? die. So when you die, you drop your runes. And so you've got to, whatever you've sort of amassed in that time, they're all on the ground. And so it's your job to pick them up right. before you die again. But if you die right. before you're able to collect your runes, you lose them completely. And I call mm. that being dead, right. dead. And in mm. this instance... <laughs> This absolute sea bomb killed me before I was able to retrieve my runes, meaning that the four hours that I'd just played was made almost redundant um, because oh. I, lost, I lost all of that. And oh. obviously this person was That's like... That's why Elden Ring is hard. Yeah, and it's just, you know, <laughs> I love it when it brings people together and it's a lot of fun, but this person was obviously like trolling feeds. Yeah. Griefy, and I yeah. really verbally took it out on them. And I don't know if they ever saw my very, very expletive-ridden rant, but I said things that I wasn't proud of, and I'm sure that if any company saw that footage, I wouldn't really work in this industry again. Um, <laughs> Wait, so is it still humble? Well, I was just like, please don't ever clip that and deleted the VOD. So, um, um, like, that's smart. That's smart that you got rid of the VOD. I, <laughs> I was going to say, like, hmm. Mm. Mm. If it's still up, we should we should probably take mm. it down. <laughs> yeah, there's so many C bombs in a row, which I think <laughs> I think the word's great. I, as an Australian, love that word, mm. but um, I just didn't like that. I didn't like that moment, and I kind of quit the game after that. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah, it sounds like a rage quit inducing moment for mm -hmm. sure. I had didn't have something as traumatic happen to me but I was going to attack um Margaret for the first time and I was with two friends and we were in the castle and there was an invader who just kept griefing us and I don't know how this person got into my game like three separate times it was the same person um, I think it's because like of the way that the servers were set up or something. I don't know. It was just like really unlucky uh. um, because hypothetically there's, you know, at any given time, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people all playing. And I don't know why I just kept getting this asshole mm. in my game. Um, and so we ended up playing in somebody else's game, but it was just like, we're just in the yeah. dungeon trying to go after the boss. It's not like I'm roaming the open world. And they just are in t explicitly trying to go after people who are trying to do the boss fight. I'm like, yeah, like suck. targeted harassment. I know. Oh. It just stops being yeah. fun. And there's also the time where I was taking on a boss. So I was playing with Trisha and I would jump into her game and help her out with the boss. And, you know, she beat it in the first go. And I had surreptitiously, not so surreptitiously, dropped to her while we were playing because she takes her time and I'm direct line of fire. Um, I kind of mentioned to her that I was better at the game than her. Um, and mm. she didn't really take that well, but I was like, hey, we've got different game mm. styles, but mine is superior in every way. <laughs> um, so when she joined my game to try and beat the boss battle and I died seven times in a row, I had to not only eat my words but publicly apologise because I was clearly <laughs> wrong. <laughs> and that, uh, yeah. yeah, ego fractured in so many different uh, areas that I, again, just 
decided to opt out of the game completely. Mm. I was reading um, how a new griefing tactic that people are doing in Elden Ring is they take what's called the deathbed smalls. Have you heard about this? No. So there's a character in the game. I don't play Elden Ring, but... Oh, the little naked boy? (laughs) What? (laughs) You can unlock like a little naked boy who helps you out. (laughs) Oh, I I, I hope that's not. I don't know. So the character's name is Fia, F-I-A. Anyway, somewhere you can hug. I don't know. Oh, the hidden pair pair of of underwear. underwear. Yeah, so it's a hidden pair of underwear. Mm. And... But it's you can only get it if you hack the game. So what people are doing is they're hacking it, grabbing the underwear, and then dropping it in other people's game games. And if the other person picks it up, it'll ban you for like 180 days or something like that. <gasps> it's no yeah. what That's this is on awful. Polygon. Yeah, yeah. So get okay. So players are getting a warning after the underwear gets dropped off. Delete the panties or get soft banned. It means you can still use multiplayer, but in, are instead tossed into a quarantine queue with other soft banned players. Oh, because that's what it is. Yeah. So I don't know. Like it's just wild to me the things people do. Like the way people spend their time. I, I, whatever. Yeah. I, I like just tell me that you hate <sighs> yourself. Like don't show me. <laughs> To save everyone's time and energy. That's oh funny. My God. Oh my yeah. goodness. Just tell me the change. Um I, I do, you know, think that Elden Ring has some really interesting um fun qualities to it, but it, it just like you'd mentioned, it just the there the parts of it that aren't fun, I think have counterbalanced the fun parts for me personally and I'm glad that so many people in our community have been having wonderful positive great experiences with the game and it's just like I (laughs) (laughs) mine mine has been kind of like 50 50 mine's been like 80 20 when yeah yours sounds like literally traumatic um and I've liked it for as Brit, yeah, as Britain mentioned, we just I just ain't got that time for something that's not one hundred percent. It enjoyable. is a time, so. it's a time sink, big time. What's your? I think also the class is super important because there are some that are I think more OP than other um, different ones. Like I started as a bandit and then I changed over to an astrologer, and the game became like forty percent easier. Oh, I started as an astrologer. Then there's no help knowing for that you, I wanted to go magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm embarrassed with you and for you. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. All all spells all the time, except I don't have powerful enough spells and I don't have enough uh, points. Mm. And the grind is just so laborious. <laughs> uh, I'll go back to it. I'll go back to it eventually. I was leveling up by um, foraging just... for the first like ten levels because I was so scared of like doing any combat with anyone. So I was picking it. I was, what did I call it? Like Elden Ring's florist. I was just going around picking all the flowers <laughs> and then cashing them in for 10 runes a pop and leveling up that way. <laughs> oh dear. No shame. There's a lot of, there's a lot of good, good cheeses for, for leveling. Um, I went to the internet, of course, was just like Elden Ring power leveling. <laughs> Give me all of the tips. And there's like so many guides uh, that were really helpful, but it, it just goes back to the thing, the conversation that we've had with a couple other guests of, you know, is that the gameplay experience you like? Is that a good style of developing a game where you don't tell your players how to do anything? You just make your community figure it out. Like, you know, how do you feel about that? And my consensus was it's not my preferred um, method of gameplay development. I 
like there to be a little bit of hand holding. I don't mind a bunch of exploration and a bunch of, you know, secrets in the game and things to find and things to discover. I think that's why people really loved Breath of the Wild, but a little bit of signposting yeah. <laughs> goes a long way. Yeah. You know, like a quest log isn't that much to ask. <laughs> yeah. I hear you on that. <laughs> like, you know, keep track of people's names and stuff. I couldn't tell um, you the lore at all. But I couldn't tell you a, a damn thing about that story. All I know is that there's two giant fingers oh. and they're apparently very important. Oh, oh. The fingers. Oh. Yeah, George R. R. Martin wrote that. What a randy That's dog. What she said. So much fingering. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. There it is. I was hoping for some finger innuendo. Thank you, Mod. You're welcome. Thank yeah. You. I mean, he is. He's. I already said my piece on George R. R. Martin when I went on my Brandon Sanderson rant uh, last week. <sighs> a good, a good rant. It was a rant about how much I love Sanderson and how disappointed I was that he wants to make a game with uh, from software and Bandai Namco. I was like, why them? <laughs> not that they're bad. They're not bad people by any means. They make a very specific type of game, and I was just like, well, there's your books deserve more but then you know we talked about how it was actually going to be a different original experience not tied to one of his books anyway it was a long conversation mod you should I know I was like lit up when you said that I was like yes did you see I assume you saw that news that Sanderson publicly said I want he's doing a video game something with Bandai Namco I didn't know it was with yeah and then Bandai Namco like sent him something that he opened on his on his podcast and was like they were like, we're ready when you oh. are. All I know is that, that Kickstarter like, announcement mm. where he's basically like just taking over the world and churning out books. I was like, that's great. Because I just finished Mistborn. 42 million. Ooh. Yeah. What, you just got I into Mistborn? the first trilogy. I loved it. Oh, it's, it's so, so good. good. That's yeah. all I'll say. So good. The new, the new, the the second trilogy is also pretty good. It's not as good as the first Never one. Is, but right. still mm. very good. Mm. No. Nah. All right. Poor Brittany. We won't go down Brandon Sanderson rabbit hole for it. I promise. <laughs> uh, we do have a couple questions um, from our community. Uh, I have them on my phone, but Britt did pull this one from friend of the show, all around wonderful human and recipient of the GDC Ambassador Award at the Game Developers um, Choice Awards that happened at GDC. Stephen Spawn wrote in and said, who is the best Steve? Named Steve <laughs> This feels oddly specific. Um. <laughs> Take your yeah, time and think, think about, about it. About it. I know it's a uh, tough question. I know a lot of Stevens, especially Steven Spawns. So <laughs> I'm just trying to think which one's my favorite one. Yeah, it's hard. Well, we're not we're not trying to put you on the spot you know we're really we don't we're not about that here at what's good if you don't want to answer it we'll respect that and we'll give you some space <laughs> he's just so <laughs> quick at like burning i don't know if you see like the way that he and alana just absolutely dump on each other in feeds where they're just oh, so yes. brutal it's like popcorn i've got a front seat it's great do it's i wonderful. want to jump into that probably not because i don't know if i could handle it you guys have heard off camera how i can be quite wicked with my words uh so i'm just gonna opt out and choose being nice for once uh see how it feels on me Ooh, oh steven spawn is the best steven spawn good oh look at that it's a good answer. that's wonderful um he does have quite an edge we were talking about him and alana and their banter um when they 
announced or what they were doing their accessibility award show. And then she, of course, got to present him with his award mm-hmm. at, at GDC, which was pretty cool because she hosted uh, the Game Developers Choice Awards. Um, and she's also giving the mm-hmm. story time opening oh, yeah, talk PAX, at yeah. PAX this week. She's just she's just everywhere. She's love crushing it. it. Even a busy ladies. I love All it. All these busy ladies. I feel like I can no longer, I don't think I'll ever be able to retain my title as busiest lady in the business ever again. I, I don't know. But what an honor to be able to pass me. that one on, though, and actually breathe yeah. and sleep. <laughs> right? Yeah. Now that you mention it. I was going to say. Maybe it is time. Heavy, heavy is the crown. <laughs> yeah. Busy, just not in the same way. <laughs> yeah, true. Different. Yeah. 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 Busiest lady not in the business. Oh, God, help us all. <laughs> it's so tiring. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> um, so at Quirky Little Fox wrote, what game did you hate growing up that you love now or vice versa? Hmm, great question. Uh, what game did I... You know what? I think if I would say any of them, games like Tetris where it just takes mm. a lot of patience, which I had mm. abundance, an abundance of as a, as a child, that... I just have a really, really short fuse for now. Um, But I played a lot of Tetris in my heyday um, and really, really enjoyed it. And I recently went and played a little Dr. Mario. (coughs) Um, And I remember loving that as a kid and being quite frustrated at the game now. (laughs) Um, I'm just trying to think of a game that I did not like growing up, though, that I love now. And I just don't. Mm, that's a really tricky one. What I didn't like when I was a kid, you know? I definitely didn't play horror games or shooters as a kid. I didn't start playing first-person shooters until my 20s. Yeah, oh, I, would, I, yeah, I got dumped playing Counter-Strike So when I was, when oh, I was 16. Oh, no. Yeah. What? I pretended, I pretended I didn't know how to play video games. Like over game We chats? were on a date in the mall, and he was like, oh, all my friends are playing um, LAN. And I, he was like, do you want to play? And I was like, well, we're on a date, you asshole. But I was like, sure. It was date number two or three. So he had no idea. I was very, very much into video games. And so I pretended I didn't know how to play. And I was like, oh, what do I, is this it? What's what's fire? And he's like instantly regretting that he's brought me along. Um, anyway, like five minutes into the first match, I was like, is this right? And my gun was lined up behind at the back of his head. And I was like, Drr. Oh, sorry. <laughs> anyway, out of like the 15 friends that were there, I came in second in the score. And Amazing. he got so much shit from his friends. And he was like, oh, yeah, whatever, like there. And then when we left, he goes, I don't think this is working. <laughs> oh, no. Real ego. Bye. Yeah. Well, I mean, you did start off your relationship with deception. True. I mean, very fun <laughs> Deception that I appreciate because oh, I've, I've done it maybe once or twice epic. myself. Um, it was but- worth it. it <laughs> was but, worth see, it. I feel like that's just like the moment I'm I'm waiting for. I think that I think my chance for that has come and gone now. Where someone underestimates you in yeah. kind of, when it comes to games or yeah. whatever, and then you just fucking wreck them. God, <laughs> yeah, it's worth it. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but great question. Yeah, that, Sorry, quirky little a- that I didn't kind of like totally smash the answer for that one. No, that's okay. Sometimes those questions are a little bit more difficult. But um, I was curious about all of the things that you're doing right now. Is there a project that you have been noodling on or thinking 
someday when I get more time, more hours in the day are added, if I had a time turner, mm-hmm. maybe, I would want to do this project. Because it feels like you've done a little bit yeah. of everything. And I think that's why it's so difficult. I would love to know how to stay in my lane, but I'm driving like a stereotypical <laughs> crazy taxi, crazy taxi. there it yeah. is yes. yeah. yeah um i uh honestly the big goal for me <laughs> get ready this is super super hard and i've been working at it for ages but a little achievement called a green card <laughs> oh oh i mean Project that is a really difficult thing to get yeah that's like the one that i'm like oh baby i don't know if like you noticed um, um alana was petitioning for an award really really hard and she was like look i don't necessarily want to win it but if i do it will help my green card process and she actually mm-hmm. got her green card so I'm going to have to really swallow a lot of humility and start petitioning myself as someone more important than I am so that the immigration system will actually let me stay. Don't sell yourself short. I know. Please. Yeah, I know what you're yeah. saying, though, because the people who are in charge of those processes have a very limited view on what that success is deemed and it's really frustrating particularly for people in digital primary I know you do broadcast as well you're so antiquated that they're like even if you get a million podcast listens it doesn't count Mm, like social media numbers and reach doesn't matter you basically have to earn sort of like seven figures or have won an Emmy or you know you're on the board of Uh, some sort of awards where you're on the judging panel or you have lots of articles and press written about you where it's like featured on you. So that's, Mm. yeah. Yeah. So that's, that'll be my high score achievement. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is you need to start your own award show. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? Do it. (laughs) The award show. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it. I mean, boom. I hate it. I love it. it. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Oh, dear. So, yeah, that's kind of like the main thing that I'm working on, staying in the country. Mm. Yeah. Seems like a legitimate side hustle. I'm exhausted, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the the rest of my career can come, uh, like, after that, I guess. Yeah. Well, you've been working on camera for quite some time, and, you know, you and I have kind of known each other in the industry for for several years at this point and ha- know, you know, I think all of the same on-camera people because I think the the geek and gaming slash entertainment digital space is little click. not as big yeah. as people. Yeah, not as big as people think it is. Um, and I think it's so awesome that you've been able to be so prolific because as somebody who also works in the space, I know just how much hustle that requires because people from the outside looking in are like, oh, you're just, you know, you just must be busy all the time. You just must always have work. And it's like, I'm so glad that you think it looks easy yeah. from the outside. <laughs> when in reality, it isn't. So, you know, what do you, you know, you find the most rewarding about what you do and what do you find the most challenging? Um, actually, the things that I love the most, I've recognized that the highest sort of compliment or validation that I can get is from my peers. So when I do something or if I'm kind of uh, either making my own thing or working and I have 
someone who I'm in this field with, in this sort of like this niche click with, if they're like, wow, I noticed this, I know the work that goes into it. I just want to let you know, well done. That is, that will make my year. That is the best reward that I can get from this, that and having someone watch like a, you know, a fan or anyone just like watch my stuff and they were like, that got me out of a tough spot in my life Mm. or watching Fungeons and Flagons got me into Dungeons and Dragons. And I was like, great, like that, they're the best compliments that I can get. The hardest part about it is, and I've actually legitimately kind of like sent emails to places that I've worked (laughs) and said, hi, um, I have chosen career. I am single and I don't have children, even though I want them. And I can't buy a house because I'm a freelancer and the bank won't give me money. So if I have chosen career and you will still only use me sometimes to host things for you, what does that make me? (laughs) Mm. So I think that that is the hardest thing, especially sort of at my age, recognizing the sacrifices that I have made or I'm not necessarily kind of like fulfilling other parts of my life that I actually really want and I'm focusing more on career and I don't think I'm anywhere close to where I want to be or need to be even according to immigration. That is a very, very bitter pill to swallow and so I think Mm -hmm. that's the hardest part where it's just not easy. Wow. If I can be super real and vulnerable. Yeah, that's (laughs) – I mean. 100%. I mean, I couldn't agree more this idea of you keep going because you're so passionate and you love what you do. And you have to sometimes stop and reflect about, you know, what is my the rest of my life path look like? What is even the next 12 months of my life look like? And sometimes it's a really hard conversation to have with yourself when you work in these entertainment fields, no matter if you're on camera or you're not, you know, because people who work in the, the side of the business that we do on the, on the media side, uh, you know, particularly on camera reporters, people who do interviews and things like that, uh, host their own shows. It's, um, not only is it a, a grind content wise, but there's, oh, we, you know, Brittany and I talk about all the time about how there's an illusion that we just like sit around and like play games or like go to cons and like, that's all, that's all we do. And we get paid to do that. And I'm like, gosh, that sounds like a great life. <laughs> who, who has that life? Can I, uh, ask them how they got it? Cause I don't have it, <laughs> you know? And well, I still am very honored and, and, you know, grateful that I get to, be in this industry and, and, you know, get to do really fun on camera stuff. It's, it takes yeah. a toll on you for sure. Yeah. In different ways as well. Sort of like mm-hmm. life balance, uh, how it affects your relationships, but then also sort of like when you put yourself out there in public, um, having sort of not so great people kind of just barrage you with not so nice things and, you know, it all, shit starts to stick, which is really hard, hard as well. So you have yeah. to be like mentally resilient, physically resilient. Yeah. It can be a bit tricky. It's hard to know when to take a break and step away, especially for the longest time mm-hmm. my mindset was, if I'm not working to achieve my goal, someone else is working twice as hard. 
to yeah. achieve my goal, you know, and that was always yeah. a driving and a motivating factor. And obviously, you know, for you, Maud, it's a lot more time sensitive. So I imagine for you, it's really hard to know, like, when when can you allow yourself to stop and take a break and to step away? Do you find yourself <laughs> stepping away from time to time? Or are you just like, I have to fucking do this? Like, literally my life, not my life, but like my future kind of depends on it. Well, if I don't do this, I have literally nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's yes. not true. You've got you've got people who love you and and friends. My family's and in another country. To... <laughs> well, that that part I can't do anything I, about. I spooned my dog. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. If I'm not succeeding at work, I really, really do have nothing else, and I forged that path myself. So I really mm-hmm. have to die on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's bleak, yeah, Maud. That's bleak. I know. I, I don't. I'm like uh, fuck. But I that get it. screams of a woman who needs a beach vacation. Uh, uh, yeah, but then uh, this is like um, the no, worst part it. about that. Well, I um, holidays for me now have just felt like a reminder that I'm lonely. Mm. Yeah. So they're not even fun. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, maybe I just do want to just keep working. Do you think that there is um, a way for you to find that kind of, you know, solace and comfort in, you know, your work and not just view it as work? Is you, do you think that that's what keeps you going is that you get to work on things that you're yeah, passionate about? Think- or do you really just feel like you're one foot in front of the uh, other? It depends. Depends on the time, the job, the 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 mood. Um, but I think the reason why I'm exactly where I am is because it's something that I keep choosing. It's like, mm. uh, it's a, cho- it's a choice that I continually make. Um, and I love what I do. I am grateful for what I do. I think being in LA, like coming from Australia where I was a very big fish in a small pond and I found success relatively quickly, uh, and was consistently working. And by 26, I was like, gosh, I think I've done it all. What else is out there? to then coming to America where you know, I was a very, very small fish in a very, very big pond. Um, and I think that that adjustment initially was fine because I came over here with a job in radio, actually, where I was doing a lot of these celebrity interviews and red carpets and living the dream. Um, and then moving into digital media, which was a lot of fun as well. But with freelance, it is a, it's a constant sort of hustle. Um, but it's one that I choose because I do get to um, – you know, run a company and I get to focus on me. Like I'm meditating and I'm exercising when my back's not absolutely rooted. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that, you know, overall my quality of life is pretty great. I just do get pangs of loneliness because I'm super ready to settle down with someone that loves me. I don't even have to love them. Well, just a- <laughs> you just, you just put it out there. Now everybody, Everybody knows, has slide into those DMs, I guess. <laughs> no, I've got incredibly high standards, <laughs> which is just kicking my own ass. So, yeah. Yeah. As you should, though. You know? I've waited this long. What's a little bit longer for the right person? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. See? There you go. I love that. Well, Matt, I we could just keep talking, but... Uh, we've taken enough of your busy schedule already. It's been so wonderful having you on the show. We have to get you back so we can actually talk. I really, books. I mean that. Please. And I've got a book recommendation for you, especially if you loved Miss Bourne. Have you read the Six of Crows duology by Lee Bardugo? I oh, you not. would love it. Yes. Ooh, yeah. okay. The Six yeah, of Crows. It's a duology. Six of, start with the Six of Crows. It's just great. I like, feel so, the, I, f- I feel like wonderful. Andrea now has a new play date when it comes to books. And I'm like, yay. Listen, you two 
get together, talk about your books, and mommy's going to go sip some whiskey at the playground. (laughs) (laughs) And then we'll drink some wine and not get hangovers. Yes. Yes. See? I knew that this was going to be a fruitful guest on the podcast. Uh, well, Maude, for everybody out there who was like, she's really great. I want to follow her. Where is the best place for people to keep up with everything that you've got uh, going if on? That's true. That's really sweet. Um, if you would like to, I'm on Instagram and Twitter and all that jazz at Maud Garrett. I stream Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays at Geek Bomb on Twitch. Uh, Wednesdays is my book club where we cover well, – I actually cover two books every single month uh, – that's what happens when you don't have a, a man or a baby. You just get to read two books a month and talk about it. Um, but I also do team ups with Trisha on Thursday and I play with Adam Vision on Friday on Twitch streaming. Uh, come on by. It's a lot of fun. And if you get enough channel points, you can unleash a jump scare scream on me where I will. Ooh. Shit my pants and start crying. Mm. That sounds so fun. <laughs> it's all, So I'm so scared. And I did that for a Halloween stream and I just decided to keep it on. Uh, in the moment, I hate it more than anything. When I watch it back, I laugh at me so hard. <laughs> it's good for you every once in a while to to laugh at yourself and remind remind yourself that like, you know what? You're just a person doing their best and it's okay yeah. to laugh. It's okay to be scared shitless sometimes. It's true. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on this episode of What's Good Games. You can check out all of those links that Maude mentioned in the show notes, and we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.